Hello, I'm Dr. Clara Steffen, and I am a psychologist, a life coach, wellness coach, business coach, and brain health coach, and I'm certified as a drug and alcohol counselor. Um, Today, I want to talk with you about how to best manage conflict. And, you know, most people are a bit uncomfortable when conflict presents itself, and the tendency is to want to avoid it and to try in some ways skirt the issue or not address it, which doesn't really help because then things tend to escalate because they build up. And then we find ourselves in a predicament at a later time when they resurface or escalate again. So if you think about it, how does it help you to avoid conflict? Well, maybe in some situations, if you don't know the person very well, or it's a temporary situation, or it's not that significant or important, it's okay to avoid the conflict. But if you can't avoid the conflict, or if it's a significant relationship, it's really important to figure out how are you going to manage the conflict. It's really a natural part of life, and if we find ways to overcome these differences in an empathetic and compassionate way, we tend to have a better outcome for everyone involved. Um, You can't always solve or resolve every conflict, but if you have the opportunity to communicate and work through them, the outcomes are usually better. So what you need to think about is, what's the source of the conflict in the first place? So you can reflect on it as if, you know, is it a problem Um, Is it something, like I said, that's temporary, or is it going to be reoccurring? And then brainstorm for some solutions so that you have a plan as to how you're going to go about resolving it. Now, one of the things that it does entail is um, genuine or authentic communication and expressing your feelings in an emotionally intelligent way because you might be in some ways um, polarized with the person with whom you have a conflict with. They may have a a whole different storyline in their head than what you have in yours. And, And under these conditions, people can tend to get rather emotional. So it's important to stay calm no matter what might be the differences in your storyline and try and listen empathetically with the other person before you start sharing how you feel about this situation so that you can have neutral language that you're both using so that you can keep things civil. You might also be thinking about the multiplicity of a situation and how complex any one particular situation can be, given that we all have different perception and experiences. So we come into any given situation with our own filter That's based on previous experiences and memories and how we attach them on a social and emotional way. And that's the filter through which we experience. Um, So when you have a conflict happening, you know, you have to ask yourself a few questions. For example, what event triggered the conflict? So then you could look for, are there some triggering emotions that you are experiencing such as anger, and if you're feeling angry, why are you feeling angry? Does this feel unjust in some ways, or do you not feel heard? Um, You know, is there a sense of, like, someone is trying to get even, or you're trying to get even? 
Um, and you could also question whether or not the anger is justified or perhaps you might be overreacting or the other party might be overreacting. And we don't always know why that could be. It's based on whatever their personal experience is that is being triggered as well. So, you know, it can go on and sometimes people will bury their feelings and not really get to the root cause of what the conflict's about, which then just fuels frustration, making it um, like a cesspool that can be triggered again and again under, you know, any given circumstance. So it does help to list out the issues at hand and, you know, kind of sort through them and think about them um, from the trigger perspective. And so you can make sense of what is happening internally for you and then look at how to manage it and how to regulate your emotions around it. So you might have an intrapersonal or internal conflict that's going on. Um, And if you resolve that, it may be that that resolves the situation. Um, But either way, you want to try and remain calm and focus on how do you come to a common goal in the situation. So whether you're directly involved in the conflict, in the middle of it, um, whether it's between two other people and you just feel uncomfortable because you're exposed to it, and then you have to think, is there a reason why that might be so uncomfortable for you? Perhaps it's triggering you to remember family experiences. If you grew up in a, in a household where there was a lot of um, anger and that people didn't really know how to communicate very well to resolve their differences. So perhaps it triggers you when you're exposed to people becoming angry. You know, anger isn't a bad thing. It becomes, a, you know, kind of an emotion that gets a bad rap. And I think it's really about how intense it is and whether or not anger is expressed in an intelligent way and not directed in a way that is unhealthy or destructive. So you want to keep a level head when conflict presents so that it doesn't escalate. Um, So whether you're directly involved or if you're just experiencing it as a bystander, the common goal would be to manage and resolve the conflict fairly. And so you want to acknowledge that the conflict is occurring rather than avoiding it and that it can only be solved directly if you embrace that as an opportunity for growth and to learn something more about the other individual or individuals. And if you try not to become overwhelmed or too anxious, and if that's happening, it's really important to step back before you confront the problem because it's not likely to be resolved if you're not in a rational place and you're flooded with emotions. So um, you want to really kind of remain objective. Um, So you can also focus on the issue at hand and not the person who's involved. So if you look at the problem objectively and you look at it as a specific incident or a type of behavior that's occurring rather than how you feel emotionally about that person or looking to blame their character in any way, then the conflict becomes less personal for both parties and it's easier to solve it. Um, And you can also make sure that you in some ways protect the relationship by approaching it in that way. So don't want things to become disruptive or accusatory 
or um, become so uncomfortable that in the future you can't interact with that person very well. The other thing you want to develop is active listening by remaining positive, open, and respectful in your communications. So you can do that by making sure you use the tools to give the other person time to talk uninterrupted and to listen without judgment and to maintain a assertive, you know, kind of eye contact but not aggressive and to think in a rebuttal style while you speak. So all the question and comments, you know, could be fully outlined by you before you go into the circumstance unless it's something that happens spontaneously. And be careful about body language that suggests judgment or anger, you know, such as rolling your eyes or crossing your arms or legs or smirking. Uh, so you don't want to come across as judgmental in any way. And then you can use simple affirmation statements to show that you're listening and that you're paying attention to what the person is trying to communicate to you and respond compassionately. Um, even if you don't fully agree with a person, you can be compassionate because, as I said, you don't always know exactly what's going on in their world that makes them feel the way that they feel. So you have to take the time to learn that and understand that. And then you can help the person also learn that about you and help them understand your perspective. So using I statements to communicate and illustrate your point. And then, you know, to be thinking about um, what is going on internally for you so that you can listen to your own kind of process as well um, so that you don't overlook anything that you might be experiencing and, you know, kind of set it aside in a way that would disappoint you later as if you feel like you didn't really speak up for yourself or you weren't heard um, and if you're experiencing you know, emotions like sadness or loneliness or frustration or anger or fear of abandonment, you know, to step back and process those. And it's okay to tell another person, I need time to think about this. I do want to talk it through with you. I just need to step back a little bit to really check my feelings and see what's going on as to why this, you know, it feels so important to me. So when you do come back to the situation, using the neutral language to be objective and non-judgmental and avoid any kind of inflammatory you know, kind of language like profanity or name-calling or put-downs, because that only escalates the conflict. So um, you can be emotional without, and even passionate without having to be out of control. And I think that's really the biggest issue for most people is they become fearful things are going to become out of control, so they avoid conflict. And the idea of things getting out of control is anxiety-evoking. Whether you have a history of trauma or not, that can be true um, because people can feel overwhelmed by a situation. And, you know, the way that we read body language and voice tones um, can really have a lot to do with our past experiences. So understanding why we are reading a circumstance in a particular way is really important information to gather. So, um, you know, you can also ask people to rephrase something if you don't fully understand the meaning of what they're saying or why they're saying it in a particular way. Because, you know, things can be open to misinterpretation. And we can misunderstand 
the meaning or the reasons why people are saying things the way they are. Um, and you can also try to rephrase something if you feel that you might not being heard being heard correctly or understood. Um, but like I said, try to do that with a, a level head. So both parties need to be heard and have their concerns understood so that the conflict can be addressed. Um, both parties want to feel that you know the conversation is positive um, and that any clarification that needs to happen can occur in a safe way. So you have to have you know neutral environment as well and not on a grounds where there's an uh, advantage to one party over another. And if you reach an impasse, it's okay, you know, that that's enough for us for today. Let's come back to this and just then do a summary of what you understood and check in to see if their understanding of it is the same. And that way you can work together cooperatively and continue to toss around the ideas without blame. So working together, brainstorming for solutions addressing everyone's concern, writing down your ideas to see if there's a possible solution to find a fair and reasonable outcome is a good way to resolve a conflict. Um, and we're always looking to compromise so that everybody can be in some ways satisfied. So get creative, come up with multiple solutions that address the common goal and try to do a little out of the box thinking if you disagree with someone, you know, it's okay um, to put your heads together to figure out what your most important points of view are and how you can salvage those as you work through the differences. Um, and, you know, finding a compromise is, is usually a good way unless, you know, one person's point of view is so important to them or so much uh, more important in regards to the outcome so you got to weigh your options and decide, you know, if you can compromise at all. And if not, then why is it so important to hold on to your position? So developing a plan that addresses each party's responsibility and taking responsibility for your own actions, your own behavior, and looking for ways to resolve the dispute. And it doesn't always have to be an immediate solution that some things are relational and are ongoing and that um, we have to start at a place where we can improve communication in order to get to a win-win solution. Um, but putting our efforts together and doing progress checks is an important way to address that as well. So not all conflicts are worth holding on to at the cost of draining yourself of important energy, and not all conflicts can be resolved satisfactorily. So you have to decide, too, whether or not there's even an option to do that. And if the party that you're working with is flexible in that way or if you are flexible in that way and, you know, making a decision as to whether or not this is where you need to be focusing or if the battle is just too much trouble and it isn't worth it. So if you concede, it doesn't mean you're saying you're right and I'm wrong. It's just saying, I thought about the situation, and I think you feel more strongly about it than I do. I'm willing to back you up and put the issue to rest. Um, focusing on finding a solution rather than determining who is right 
is always going to be in your best effort. You know, so um, remember that truth is relative, and what you consider the truth is not necessarily what the other person does. You're looking for mutuality there in terms of an agreeable solution. And if it doesn't end in who is right and placing blame, then you've already improved the communication. So, you know, looking for differing testimonies around a circumstance of conflict um, is a good place to uh, continue to discuss. And the truth depends on each person's point of view. If forgiveness is necessary, that is always the easiest path to future cooperation. If you need to apologize, then do so gracefully. And, you know, don't apologize for things that you're not responsible for. Again, it needs to be authentic. And you need to really have a genuine apologetic sense of feeling about it. So even if you completely forget what happened, it's still okay. Forgiveness can occur even under those conditions. And I always think of forgiveness as having multiple levels. You know, there's a social grace that we use just to say, I'm sorry, and doesn't necessarily go that deep. Um, but then, you know, as a relationship is more intimate or more important, and there's more history with a person, the forgiveness can be more complicated and complex. And so it really speaks to our character as to how we go about being forgiven and being able to do so with grace. Um, and so it's much more meaningful in these more significant relationships when we can be forgiving with one another. So, you know, it's not enough always just to say, I'm sorry. We have to actually mean it. And the words are not enough. We have to take action to back up the words to show some type of behavioral change. And that's what we're looking for in the other party as well. Because otherwise, it doesn't mean too much to say, I'm sorry, if things don't improve in a measurable way. And that's really kind of a measure of character, isn't it? That if we can be of strong character and compassionate with one another, and we can forgive the hurt, you can be proud of yourself for moving on beyond a conflict in that case. So if you need a third party to mediate... Um, that's also another solution. And if you feel like you're not getting anywhere, just trying to resolve it between the two parties, um, consult a manager, um, a therapist, um, a trusted friend or other party, professional counseling, um, someone who can stand back objectively and hear both perspectives with compassion and without emotionality, and can provide input that will allow you to be able to hear each other in a more open way. So you should deal directly with the person that you have conflict with whenever possible and discuss it in a confidential way. Uh, you don't want to have other people overhearing your conflict. And, you know, having a third party involved who's a professional can make sure that that happens and that the conflict doesn't escalate. In situations where the conflict is internal, so in other words, inside of you, it also could be important to consult a friend, a family member, or a counselor, um, and get the advice that you need so that you can remain objective and not be so self-critical and um, engage in negative self-talk or harmful thoughts. So we want to work collaboratively 
And after you have successfully managed the conflict, you know, be grateful and thankful for having worked through it. And this might be the beginning of a deeper relationship with the other party because now you understand them a little bit better and they get to know you a little bit better. And from that point, you can move forward and you can continue to acknowledge um, your differences with understanding and perhaps even compliment each other on the progress that you've made. You can build a more positive relationship over time as the communication builds and improves And this might help you be able to actually prevent future conflicts. So work on these things together. Celebrate the progress you've made. And be delighted that you get the opportunity to collaborate. And um, like I said, be complimentary of the other person if you can do so in a genuine way. And think about it from the point of view of what have I learned from this conflict And how is it going to help you in future situations? Understanding that avoidance only works in very specific circumstances, and it only works for so long. And if you continue to use it when it's not productive, it will actually escalate your anxiety and make you more fearful about conflict. So you have to kind of get brave and be able to go into the situation knowing that you might feel anxious, but you have to tolerate the anxiety so you can work through the conflict and develop more tools and skills to be able to manage and regulate your emotions when conflict arises. Hopefully, this will give you something to think about in regard to how you might address conflict in the present and in the future and how your past experiences might influence that. Thank you for joining me in another episode of Heal Your Brain Toolbox, and I look forward to speaking with you again.